welcome to another episode of the Streaking the Lawn podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce, and once again, I've got Caroline with me this evening. How's it going, Darns? Hey, it's hey. good. Yeah, hang the on who's, there. The Who's coming off a big win uh, last night against uh, the evil, pesky Yellow Jackets <laughs> down in Atlanta. Uh, you know, they, they, they are taking care of business uh, outside of that one blemish, uh, unfortunately, against the Hokies. Uh, it's funny looking, looking last night, what a quick turnaround in that game. Like it went from this could go either way, this could go either way to, Oh, Oh, UVA's got this in a, in a way that you were used to seeing them sort of overpower opponents in the second half, but it, it sort of builds slowly to that point where you're like, now I'm comfortable. And then last night it never built. It just sort of like switched on. Yeah. In a two-minute stretch where it went from anybody could win to Virginia's got this and, and late in the second half. So uh, hard to be upset at the end result, uh, but certainly it was a frustrating uh, as a fan type of game uh, because it was so close, which, you know, road games against decent teams, that's going to happen, right? But Yeah, I don't, yeah. Uh, walking yeah. away, yeah, yeah, I'm saying, you know, not indicative of, of anything huge, but... Uh, other than a W is a W and um, I don't want to ever play Jose Alvarado again. So thank God. I mean, uh, hopefully, yeah, he, he's been, look, no, anyone can come back after this year. Obviously, true. I mean, that kid, man. And I know there's some fans who will like mock him or tease him with the air guitar or the hair was just not my favorite look (laughs) from him last night, but you know, that's a kid that, he has he's gonna leave georgia tech with no wins against virginia and that one is a unbelievable credit to virginia so are a lot of people yeah so we're not alone <laughs> in that um but it's not indicative of like who that kid you know i saw some people kind of like mocking him a little bit and like dude that kid plays hard like and he's good like and what he did and we'll get into it but like josh pastner is so interesting to me because there are clearly <laughs> like he has some really nice coaching moves um, yeah yeah i know georgia tech still yeah. struggles to close things out there's still some things you can point to when it comes to, you know some of their fans are frustrated with and you've heard some virginia fans talk about it and we'll maybe hit on it a little bit today but the lack of hit like he, he's not taking timeouts he's not using a mm. deep bench and how much is that wearing down starters like how much does that affect some of their players that you know they've had some games where they've crumbled a little bit down the stretch yeah um, but the way that they approached that game last night, I thought was really good from their standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, they clearly had a good plan of ex- and executed it well to negate the powers of Sam Hauser and Jay Huff. Um, and I think that Virginia rebounded well, especially in the second half of dealing mm-hmm. with those moves. And like, there can be discussions about like, you know, Hey, Hauser maybe realized that, you know, you're bigger than Alvarado, but the way that they were playing him on defense, like the way that Alvarado's playing is like, you just run the risk of like racking up fouls for Sam Hauser sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just mm-hmm. bowl him over. Um, and so it would, that to me was super interesting. And, and I like, there's still some questions or some things that you'd like to see this team address when we talk about Virginia, mm-hmm. but they also haven't peaked in my opinion. Like they have, we haven't seen the complete best of what, we've seen really great yeah, offensive performances. Yeah. We've seen some that are close. Like the Clemson game, I think is what people right. be like. That was a really good performance from a lot of, pl- like almost everybody, just about everybody. Syracuse. I, I, yeah. Syracuse game. They've had some of these like really great. So we yeah. know that that's possible. There's also things 
and at this point of the season, I think it's good to have some things that you want to correct or fix or in, in the sign of a good team. <laughs> you don't want to peak too early. You don't want to peak too early. You don't want to peak in February. Um, but, you know, the sign of a good no, team is like mean. when they played the way that they did and you only got 14 points out of your two legitimate, legitimate argument player of the year candidates mm-hmm. and to still get a win against a team that is good at their own place. They're good overall, Georgia Tech, in my opinion. But they're five and zero at home in the ACC. They hadn't lost in some. They actually had a pretty good home winning streak. Thirteen straight mm-hmm. ACC games, I think it was. Um, that's a good win. You take it. You get out of there, and you you take it. You you're stoked. Yeah, for sure. That. I mean, I thought you know they they held them the the Jackets to twenty six points in the first half and twenty three yeah. in, in the second half, and and no one's going to be. Um, you know, super upset with that or anything. Obviously it was the who's needed to figure out their offense in the second half. And and they did, you know, 37 points. Um, Trey Murphy, I think has been, you know, we said it last episode, him coming on offensively really helps. Even if Hauser is going to be, you know, the volume of of points and and obviously Huff is a focus of of the offense. Yeah. To have that third guy, you know, like we say, some days it might be Waldo, um, maybe even a Casey Morsell game will come up again. And obviously Kihei has his moments of, of taking on the scoring, but Murphy just has a really nice shot. It, Murphy chases rebounds. Mm-hmm. Murphy seemingly can dunk it from anywhere, which oh my is, God, I love his dunks. You know, his like, dunks you know, so great. <laughs> yeah, again, I, you know, I'm always frustrated with the inability to like convert like the little bunnies or, or you know, the <laughs> yeah. missed layups and things like this. It just seems to always plague the who's year in and year out. He doesn't have that problem. No, <laughs> I was gonna say like every it. time the shots that we would like fret over with Key last year, right? That, or even, right. Like, oh gosh, know? yeah, yeah. And he, Murphy's like the he takes the highest percentage shot at all possible moments, right. and that's something that I love about his game. Like I've talked so much about how much I hate He's long twos. Murphy best. doesn't take long twos. <laughs> no, but he's also the best three point shooter percentage wise on the team he's at 48 percent i mean 48 is pretty good yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) so you know the fact that they they struggled by throwing the ball all over the place um by you know not shooting until the shot clock was you know going off i mean (laughs) the turnovers and and just the the lack of any sort of confident production in the first half to be able to adjust a little in the second half and yeah and 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 play like a top 10 team is really nice to see um and uh, yeah like you said i think georgia tech is a good team um you know i don't know that they're going to make the tournament um because they haven't been able to, to close out these other games yeah. against decent teams um and it's a weird year to try and build the resume maybe they're running out of spots there but anyway you know it, it, they're not a bad team and you beat them on the road you you come off playing them just a few weeks ago where they shoot uh, let's see 60 60 percent from three, from three. Point, yeah. and last night they only shot 19 percent four for 21 so you know, that's how you lose to good teams, right? You, you, you only shoot four for 21 when you're taking 21 and three-pointers. Just so. looking at the two games that they played against Georgia Tech this year shows mm-hmm. the different ways that Virginia can win, right. right? Virginia had to beat them offensively last year, or last year, last game. Last like, that was yeah. like, Virginia had to put up points to respond because Georgia Tech was shooting really well. And, say, and some of that was like, maybe there were things on the defense, like, I thought the defense overall played pretty well last night, minus a couple guys, those backdoor cuts. And, and Tony Bennett yeah. says the same thing. Like it's just, and they ran, but again, like I said, there's some stuff that Josh Passer runs. That's very creative and very good. Like the way they were double, mm-hmm. they were running double back screen or like back cuts. It looked like. Mm-hmm. So the first guy would cut through and the second dude was like right behind him. And so mm-hmm. that kind of like that seemed to, and I agree. It took, 
a while that one three one that they run defensively Virginia was kind of like trying to figure out what to do with it in the first half like in some of that was okay again the late shock I think there were 12 turnovers in the first half when I tweeted about it, it was 10 and I think yeah, at that point there were three digits, right three shot clock violations there was a tie-up that counted you know Georgia Tech had five steals so five yeah. of the 10 at that point were steals and that counted like a tie-up that jump ball turn whatever um and it was stuff that like that's what when they played Florida State there and beat Florida State Florida State also had 27 percent turnover well, there you right? go which yeah. is exactly what Virginia hit last night. Right. Florida State had a few more because there were more possessions. But this is what Georgia Tech likes to do. Uh-huh. And, and it still sucks. Like, turning it over 17 times is gross. <laughs> like, it's just – and there were That's some that I mean, were like – That leads to frustrated fans. Oh, yeah, and I get that. Game, like, right? yeah. And it's one of those two that, like, everyone – it's one of – if if you – it's very reasonable to be frustrated when your team turns it over. It's also fair to point out that – when playing a team that forces a lot of turnovers that you do end up having more turnovers than usual. Mm. It's the same as like when you play a pit or an NC state that are both in the top half for offensive rebounding, it's still frustrating to give up more offensive rebounds than you're used to, but it's one of those so far, I think Virginia's followed the trends of what opponents like to do. They just haven't gotten it. Usually last night, I'd say Georgia tech got what they want. Like that's the number that they'll, they'd shoot for, but I guess what I'm trying to say is like those trends have held consistent, but not as dramatic as what would have to happen for a loss. Is that make, does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not surprising <laughs> yeah. to me that Virginia gave up more offensive rebounds against Pitt because Pitt is a team that likes to crash the boards and gets more of those with right. players like Champagny. However, it is still annoying <laughs> to watch <laughs> the team give up more offensive rebounds or turn the ball over more to these You're teams that like to the force You're going to take the other it. teams best shot like that you know that's what they want is to throw their best game at you and you're never going to be you know uh, flawless at defending what is the the other team's strength i i get what you're saying yeah that's that's probably better Georgia tech (laughs) was um you know they're not nc state like it is it it, it's it's more like a uva suffocating defense to them and 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 being physical and, and not letting you get past them and uh um, I thought once they had to start pressing, I was happy with how UVA handled that, which yeah. is always nice to see. But again, that that's not their thing, like like yeah. in the states, right? Or, or, um, you know, Syracuse likes to press, like teams. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you know they 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 handled it. Um, Kihei made some big shots after not making it. it was it was I, I started looking up. Okay, what exactly has Kihei been able to do against Alvarado over the years? Yeah, and it's it wasn't quite as like point making as a, <laughs> um, mainly because Alvarado hasn't. Oh, it just seems like he always has a big game against us, and and that's not really the case. I think they've only played him now. That makes four times, but even though it seems yeah. like they've played him fourteen times. Yeah. Anyway, my point being um Kihei had, you know in scoring had a slower start uh, but made some really monumental threes uh to, yeah. to keep it close and then sort of start that that turning point um Beekman you know had, had a freshman he had a tough struggle, game struggle this was game. probably his yeah. first bad game yeah and uh Hauser had such a weird stat line you know yeah. they talked about obviously if you watched the game you knew Hauser wasn't scoring up to his usual 
uh, volume because it was all they were saying about Virginia in the second half. Really. <laughs> uh, he played the whole game, 40 minutes, yeah. and he didn't hit a three. He only took one, but he had 10 rebounds. Um, so 10 yeah. rebounds, five assists, eight points, you know, not the world's worst stat line, but from a guy that, that you know, you, you want to carry the team in shots because he, he's so good at It is you know, so him. good to see. very strange. It's so good to see that in a game where both Hauser and Huff didn't get, did they just didn't get shots, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And again, credit to Georgia Tech's defense and what they're trying to do. And at a certain point, Virginia was like, all right, they're not going to get, there's debates you, that can be had about like forcing, you know, retaliatory, like I'm going to get my way. But the contributions that both of them made in that were huge in that game that weren't points is to me, that was really refreshing and sure. a really good point to see, because it also shows that they don't, not that I expected this, like they're Virginia players, like they generally do, it's the, we've had the long running thing. They don't care about stats. They just want to win games. <laughs> right. um, but I think it could be easy for either one of those guys or both to get extremely frustrated and try and force things mm-hmm. uh, to try and, you know, make, take shots that weren't there or mm. one of Hauser's assists that bounce pass to Wolda Tensai under the bucket for yeah, the yeah yeah it was very nice oh yeah. was chef's kiss it was beautiful <laughs> it's just like he didn't force it and was able to still facilitate and make an impact on the game without like necessarily just putting up the points Jay's yeah blocks the block at the end jay would jay played mad like that was the yeah. first time i've seen him look like he was really annoyed understandably at that like offensive foul call he got like late yeah. in the shot clock that like it looked like the player pushed him into the other player and a bit of yeah you know, there was enthusiasm on bad. the fall yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but you know the way that like just he hit him chase, hard he just yeah. got shoved into him exactly <laughs> the chase down block to end the first half and chase yeah. might not be the right word, but you know what I mean? Like it, it just, it, he had some really well-timed and the defense played really well. Yeah, without I think fouling. without, without Huff's blocks, you know, Georgia tech can, can blow open a bit of a lead, you know, yeah. um, it, it seemed to be, like you said, well-timed momentum stalling almost uh, yeah. for them. So, uh, you know, good, good things to take away for sure. And uh I hope more teams chant airball at Kihei because it never works out for them. They <laughs> it start. reminded me of the Oregon game. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Because absolutely. I, I, I will yeah. say like, I fully will admit like the beginning of the game. And I do think for the most part, you can't have this new team is not successful with Kihei consistently being the guy who takes the most shots. I don't mm-hmm. think that's a controversial take. <laughs> Right. Um, but when, you know, this re- again reminded me of um, the Oregon game where that was basically the disrespectful, right. leave him open, make him beat us. Right. And it's happened in other games too. And, you know, yeah. I mean, um, uh, yeah, like and we he did said, it. the shooting and the, <laughs> the, the, the threes that he hit in the second half were monumental. Four and, for six in the second uh, half. Very much uh, good and encouraging to see. Maybe maybe other teams, you know, stop giving them that space. Uh, we should talk about the pit game, of course, too. The the, the prior game, um, you know, a common theme uh, for UVA wins is they keep the other team from shooting well, uh, and UVA losses, the other team sh- tends to shoot well. <laughs> so yeah, Pitt didn't shoot so well in in Charlottesville, and they, you know, they held Champagne, uh to eighteen points. Um, but their three-point difference, probably the difference in the game uh, between the Panthers and the Hoos, was uh, the Hoos shot 
from deep and uh, Pitt only shot 28%. So another, you know, mid-tier, but at, at this point, the mid-tier uh, teams in the ACC are, are what we're grasping at straws for to say are good because a lot of the so-called good teams uh, aren't that good this year. So, you know, it, it's weird looking at the schedule and thinking we've been waiting for um, the ability to have some sort of uh, statement wins. Um, those haven't come yet outside of uh, missed opportunity against the Hokies. So I think Pitt yeah. and are similar standing and, and critical wins to, to keep this sort of like upper echelon. I mean, obviously they're leading the conference, right? They, they only have that one loss. <laughs> 10 and one. But, yeah. <laughs> but the ability to just, just, you know, show the national landscape, like, you know, UVA is the, the cream of the crop in the ACC and hopefully get seeded accordingly. If they, Look, good they teams. Yeah. You know, good teams win those games, right? Like, and that's the thing I have to keep saying where people are like, none of this was really convincing or they shouldn't have let this happen or they got beaten up on the boards. And like, yeah, some of those things are, like I said, like these, there are still things that this team can work on and improve on. But the sign to me of, of this being a good team is they're winning, like, again, when you play the way that they did, especially in the first half against Georgia Tech on the road and mm-hmm. still come away with a win, that's a sign of a good team to me. The performance like Justin Champagny scored 18 points but needed 18 shots to do it right like this is like one of the players that gets buckets in the league and like 18 points is a lot to put up on a Virginia defense sure. but I man, my goodness shout out Sam Hauser for his defense on Champagny I looked up at one point and I was like "Ooh, this could be a choice like and i'll admit it like because there were definitely you know sam has improved a lot defensively over the course of the season i'm happy i'm so happy to say that like um he's improved i see you giving the like kind of eyebrow yeah. like, he's has improved is he are we talking like malcolm brogdon no but he is improved he's and, not gonna win any awards no no but this sense like it's i'm basically like you're not a liar. I mean, like, look, Champagne tried to back him down multiple yeah, yeah. times. No, there, there and, and were Sam strong kept moments it, for, yeah. for Sam for sure. Yeah. It, it made Champagne work. And a lot of times when you play a team, a lot of these like middle tier ACC teams are good players with like a star, right? Like there's someone that like is the guy and, and Champagne is a star. Like that guy is good. For sure. Um, and he so should being be all ACC maybe sure. player of the year. Yeah. Yes. And, and so to, it's when you make them at least work that hard for those buckets, that's mm-hmm. the stuff that like, to me is back days of days of your Virginia. I'm talking like <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon, but part of that, like where those teams would come up with these avalanches is just, that's the idea. You're making teams work so hard for their buckets. that it just is like exhausting. And I think that that's what they did well. Um, and, and like you said, it impacts those teams that, that don't run large bench. Yeah. You know, rollouts of, uh, you win those late games because uh it's yeah. really annoying to play uba <laughs> not this is that is not the case when they face florida state next week <laughs> no very true and and that yeah, runs and shifts point. this this, <laughs> this weekend or i mean i guess saturday monday uh turnaround is is a critical pair of games unc uh you know all the jokes about blue bloods uh this year aside they're seven to four um in in conference you know they, they got that big win against duke uh, they're thinking, you know, we can beat UVA, uh, and that's a statement. 
you know, that, that would put them eight and four with a win over the conference champion or, or current conference leader. I mean, um, who's top 10 in the country. I mean, uh, you know, you look at the stats and everything saying no, a 20% predictor, uh, the, the heels <laughs> win. I don't know about that. Like, yeah, UVA should win. UVA is a better team, but Carolina is plenty capable of beating 100%. UVA. Um, and they're, they're on a bit of a hot streak. I look at their last few games. Uh, there's an obvious blemish, <laughs> but they did, <laughs> they did beat Duke. Um, that game was closer than uh, it started, uh, but the, you know, anyone in Durham, I'm sure they'll take. And they got, uh, they got soundly defeated by Clemson, which is weird because Clemson's been so. Uh, uh, yeah, that was such a down. weird game. But, you know, wins over Pitt, NC State, uh, you'll take that if you're the heels and, and they've still got a roster full of blue bloods and are playing better than the Dukes of the world and the yeah. other, you know the Kentuckys of the world and these other sort of bizarro COVID fatalities that, <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that we've that we've been seeing in the national landscape so you know the other but, question I have about Saturday is who is available and who's playing for North Carolina. Right. That exactly. It, that is all to say, if this game happened, yeah, we did get our press. Like it's going to, we got our email that was like, you are confirmed for Saturday, like your press credentials confirmed. And and so that generally it's same timeframe, but maybe we would have gotten it a little earlier than when we did get it. Um, you know, and, and my friends who, are writing for Tar Heel um, blog on SB Nation's network. You know, they got the email from from their SID. So it looks like everything is obviously in COVID world. That doesn't mean anything at all. But um, the question, like originally when we thought it was just, for those who haven't kept up with it, Carolina's game against Miami was canceled on Monday night or postponed, sorry, and definitely whatever they're doing Mm -hmm. with COVID. Um, because there was video, someone who's not a friend of those players anymore, uh, posted a Snapchat video of a bunch of the players and people who aren't on the team in an apartment, uh, no masks after the game, which I don't know if you know, would be a breach of the protocol in place to protect players and teams from spreading COVID. So they had, you know, Miami, the story was Miami wasn't comfortable playing Monday night. Um, you know, but then UNC released a statement from the, uh, players, that said there were more than those that didn't that just appeared on camera which was Armando Baycott and Daron Sharp who are their two best big men mm-hmm. arguably uh well sorry Garrison Brooks is their best big man but those are two guys that have played mm-hmm. significant minutes and are big for them so my thought was like originally was I could see Roy sitting those two for the next game because you effectively caused this huge shutdown and yeah. potentially derailed your season um, but now if there's more than just two, like, I don't know what, I yeah. Mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't I would know how argue, many that is. Bay, like Baycott's their best player and their best big man. Um, he's not super consistent. Um, yeah. but maybe, maybe, maybe that's changed a little in recent games. So that's why the heels are, are playing more recently. Um, Garrison Brooks. Like, I just love him. I think he's, he's so consistent. He, so he's good. not it. You know, like he's like not him. Batman, you know, like, like he's a great, a great guy to have on your team and can help you win some games, but he can't carry a UNC team is what we're seeing this year. Yeah. Um, despite the expectations, you know, going into this season that you're supposed to, um, 
the the real thing, question to me about the heels is like like we said earlier yeah if teams shoot well then they be then they're capable of beating virginia you know the losses from yeah. the balls up is when other teams shoot well particularly from deep who does that for the heels it, oddly enough garrison brooks is at 40 percent for three point and the the real story i think for the heels recently is Kerwin walton uh, not one of the heralded freshmen really yeah. Um, who's come on and shown actual shooting ability and is the only other guy in addition to Brooks uh, who actually can shoot three pointers at a 40% clip. And he's come on in recent games. He's got, you know, 12 against Duke nine against Clemson. Of course they lost and played great there, uh, but double digits in, you know, almost half of this second half of or, or the ACC play where he wasn't playing much of anything to begin the season for the heels. So you know, they find out after dropping some of these non-conference games, maybe we need somebody who can shoot the ball and not leaky black all the time. So. Well, and you look at, and so working, Caleb, you know, Caleb Love, their, their freshman star yeah. point guard, the guy, like the guy that they talked about this year is he's been playing much better the last couple of games. Yeah. Um, well, that's not entirely, like everyone struggled against Clemson because that's the game where they barely scored 50 and we all know mm-hmm. how that goes. So like, no one's going to have like yeah. a ton of points, but you know, he is shooting 26% from three, um, but he was four for five against Duke. So like, that's right. one of those, like clearly he's capable, you know, these, this is one of those, like you said, you look at everything, you look at the stats, like even the, my friends who are Carolina fans I've talked to that are like, you know, oh my God, like this is going to be a disaster. And, and part of it is, I don't know how much is that like emotional hedging type of thing that fans do um, because Carolina has not had, you know, knock on wood, they have not had much success against Virginia in the last, mm-hmm. whatever it is, like six games or something. Um, and so it's just kind of like, what does this game look like? They're better inside. Um Virginia isn't like they don't give up a lot of points inside right. um every almost every stat favors you know for UNC's offense is 57th right like that's not the normal offense you're you know gonna right. see from UNC so right. um it'll be interesting and uh, a lot will depend on Huff um yeah know, like you said the heels want to score inside if they can get Huff into foul trouble UVA falls apart you know or you know, doesn't mean they're going to lose, but it certainly throws a big wrench into yeah. Virginia's plans. I don't know. We'll see Shedrick uh, at some point, uh, you know, potentially now. So uh, maybe it's not big of a disaster as it was in a, a couple of games. I'm remembering of getting into foul trouble. <laughs> yeah. And things going awry for the Who's. But um, unless the Heels find some outside shooting, you know, I think Virginia will be able to, to figure it out. Uh, yeah. I love looking at the different matchups in this one, you know, yeah. like, you know, who do you put Hauser on out of probably like, you know, leaky black. And I don't know if they put him on Garrison Brooks, but you know, like a lot of the, you know, they have well, these, someone's got to go to <laughs> Yeah, I know. Right. You know, but, you know <laughs> is playing the five. So I don't know. Yeah. But, so it, it's interesting to look, might, you know, uh, Trey Murphy needs to have a good defensive game. I love the idea of Reese Beekman on Caleb love. Um, so there's a few, like, I like those pieces and I like some of the stuff they're doing there. So yeah. no matter what, like, and that's the thing, like you even look to the Duke game, which is obviously a little bit further out, but the, every, no matter what, if you throw the record books out the window, whatever, like throw the records out the window. Um, that's how I feel about a lot of these. Like anytime you have UNC on the schedule, it's going to yeah. be a big game. Like anytime yeah. you have Duke on the I, schedule, if you play at Cameron Indoor, like it's going to be a big game. Right. Like it, it doesn't turn into like, no matter what, 
it's gonna it's gonna matter and so this stretch well, and, and yeah after fsc they've got at cameron indoors so, yeah exactly yeah. Um, this four game stretch i think is is so big and it, yeah the it, fsu game is in tallahassee um yep. so even i i assume you know it's in florida so they're bringing people in but hopefully <laughs> yeah. not too many people um mj walker uh you know he's he's their guy and fsu looks very good but just lost to georgia tech so you know like yeah. it's just it's hard to pick up consistency in this conference when games are getting rescheduled and paused and uh you know guys having to sit and whatnot so uh, i don't know if they can run this stretch of unc fsu and duke then then we're looking like okay virginia we're one seed two seed conversation yeah um, but I don't know. Every week we go, it's a big if, and they keep winning for the most <laughs> yeah. part. And that's, you know, you look at, like you said, Florida State's still on a pause. Like they've had big games postponed. Mm. Like they were supposed to play, uh, I think, Virginia Tech like earlier this week, Monday or Tuesday or whatever they it was. They haven't played since January 30th. Yeah. And it and it's, they've got a bit of a tune up game. It's a nice, nice welcome back to have Wake Forest to, to play there, but um, before they play Virginia. And again, that's a place, you know, playing at, in Tallahassee that's a place that they play really well and, and road teams I think there's a stat Virginia's completely destroyed the percentages wise narrative around mm-hmm. road versus home and stuff this year because it has mm-hmm. been despite the lack of fans home teams have had a huge advantage this year when it comes to who's winning where and whatever mm-hmm. obviously Virginia's one loss in conference play is on the road um, but they also have several I think now they're six and one five and one on the road which Mm. again i just have to temper all every single thing that i look at now still i have to temper with like thinking about what it was like 10 years ago um (laughs) where like they never had they hadn't won in the state of florida um until that weird game where akil mitchell and joe harris collided or whatever and like joe harris gotcha, gotcha. remember that one i remember that streak because yeah. it always came up and i know they broke it obviously yeah I don't absolutely not which game it was but um, so getting these road wins streak. yeah it's huge it's such a big deal and i don't yeah. want to undersell that because it's hard and the one thing that virginia should, if they get through this stretch they should turn all of their attention to figuring out a way to finagle what region they're in in the tournament well if they can go if they can go let's say two two of the three obviously we hope and think they could win all three but if they go two or three then you're ending the season with state and miami at home and at louisville i know there's a virginia tech makeup game out there looming um, we'll see potentially but they're running yeah. out of time right like yeah so as of it is right now you got six games left you got to look at state Miami and at Louisville and go, well, they're going to get two of those three, at least two. Yeah. If you go four of six for these, then you're only finishing with, that would mean five overall losses, only three in the conference. That's got to be two seed territory. Uh, Just, right? you don't want to be, this is where I'm saying like <laughs> finagling. Uh, anytime I see a bracket in which Virginia is not in with gonzaga or baylor i want to hit the like lock it in like the the goal is one seed because that would yes (laughs) yes they need to win out (laughs) and then opt out of the tournament acc tournament (laughs) 
<laughs> get that one seed that isn't with Gonzaga or Baylor. I mean, I'm mostly joking, but like in some reality, like what you, whatever you can do to avoid those two of um, is ideal um, because those it, it's just going to be, they're, they're just playing at a different level right now. Um, so it's just kind of like, uh, I'm it, that's way too far ahead and way too much that you can't affect, but just, you yeah. know, I'm looking, I'm curious. So it's just one of those. All right. Interesting. But well, yeah, I mean the, the state of basketball right now, who knows <laughs> who, where, where are these other competitors for these top seeds going to finish? Uh, who knows if they're going to get to keep playing games? I, you know, I feel like yeah. it's such a tenuous grasp on oh my like, God the schedule like this is what we're gonna do yeah. no matter what and it's like yeah but we don't we don't have a no matter what <laughs> like, yeah we have, a, we have a huge freaking thing that is an obstacle that can pop up you know pretty much at any time so um guys we're, we're lucky as fans that it yeah. it's continued to shape uh successfully so far um you know i think they'll do it come hell or high water some way but yeah. i don't know that it's going to be without flexibility and change and, yeah. and 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 i don't know none of us know what this tournament is going to be able to pull off in indianapolis so we'll, we'll get there i i am do. so excited that like i know look this is gonna sound just hater like oh what a hater but some people are like oh it's so bad for um for so bad for college basketball to have kentucky and duke and kansas and michigan state be bad i'm like is it yeah. is, here's the question <laughs> like when you're thinking about the NCAA tournament what are there really that many people that are tuning in to like see duke win <laughs> like or are they tuning there in to are. root against you yeah, know like, like i guess there's some you know, like people cowboys fans yeah. yeah like cowboys fans are logging Either in to or. like what you know root for duke but right. when it comes to like i don't think it's because there are so many really fun non- quote blue blood the new bloods this year are doing great and it's super fun to see mm -hmm. this michigan team is real mm -hmm. is is pretty like they've been on a long pause and so yeah, to see how they come out of that is yeah, exactly. yeah and then you've got you know like we talked about gonzaga and baylor playing at another level right now the big 12 is just stacked like you've got a west virginia yeah. team that's real tough their defense yeah. is the usual you know and that type of thing and then you look at villanova's playing really well alabama is a team that's like kind of fun and exciting like so yeah. it, it's it's really fun to me to see I think that's cool. And hopefully a lot of people will also think like this tournament can be really fun. Like you don't yeah. have to have a crummy Duke team in it to like, it does know. seem like when you look at the, the coaches or AP polls that it's just the top half of the big 12 and the top half of the big 10 and then Gonzaga uh, and you know, the who's and yeah. a few other teams sprinkled in, but Villanova. yeah. And this is also to say, we look, we see this a lot with ACC football, like make of it what you will, but, or even with when Virginia started getting a lot better at basketball, the lack of Duke and Carolina and Kentucky at the top of the rankings does not mean those other teams are bad. Those teams are great. <laughs> like these are sure. good teams. It doesn't mean the quality of the basketball around the league or the conference has declined mm. because in the ACC, I'll give you like right now, it's not the same as it was two years ago with like the really tough three, like the ACC is better when Duke and Carolina have these like powerhouse teams, but it doesn't necessarily to me have to be those two Florida state's great. Normally Louisville, yeah. what, but what I'm saying is like, just by default having like Virginia 
and like like it was in football where it's like well if wake forest is near the top it must mean the acc is terrible i'm like no the ac like yeah wake forest is actually I mean, playing the counter pretty well. argument is like what do we mean by what's good for the conference right and it's yeah. probably people talking about it and money <laughs> also <laughs> not in yeah. that order you yeah. know and so the point being if unc and duke are very good you get more money and yeah. more people talking about it. and those you know th- that That's affects true. the money too right so yeah. so in that regard yeah it is it is good for the conference to have um it's it's name brand teams playing well and and, and good for basketball but uh we as new blood fans you know don't care like what's our number one is not how much money is the acc bringing in it's how many games is uva winning right like, yeah exactly yeah you, but i assume you agree right so yeah. no i don't give a shit if carolina it's funny that carolina is bad and duke is bad and you know carolina is maybe not that bad we'll see but uh, duke certainly looks pretty pretty awful so um uh, yeah duke duke man that you know you i i don't make it through the whole carolina duke game um just because we're in that small section of uh when you hear espn or, or even our friends uh at titus and tate saying you know it's it's the rivalry where everyone chooses a side like you know i don't i don't know you can speak better to state fans than i can that's the other school that i think are they choosing because i don't know the uva fans growing up in my house it's in my mom my mom loved every second of carolina's struggle last year like yeah, that's and yeah. i know uva fans like you're like old school acc fans virginia hates carolina probably right. more than they hate duke right. like um yes yeah, so it's the opposite <laughs> right which is also Duke's weird been this villain you know yeah it's like know. the one team that like well i mean it's understandable i just universally good, but... i root for the away team so like i just I like most people them, are sad but like the austin rivers shot that is my perfect duke <laughs> carolina game not that i ever want to see austin rivers do anything good yeah win any basketball games but that that right there was my perfect iteration of that because he <laughs> this dude everyone hates including me it's a shot that silences the whole team down. Oh and i'm like God. ah beautiful <laughs> so many upset people isn't that wonderful you love the weirdest thing has been seeing in this you know like this is not a knock on the media like is seeing like commentators during the game are having a hard time kind of trying to figure out what to make of a really bad because it's not just like an unlucky like whatever like Kentucky is not good Duke looks bad Duke is not playing well and like I said they have good players right right and this is like I don't want people later like cold takes me whatever it's like you said they were trash and Virginia lost no one has ever referenced our podcast on anything so yeah this is fine (laughs) we're just talking to each other (laughs) yeah so it's like I get that there's things like Duke could decide that they're like oh right defense but like they're not even drawing fouls right now they can't like they're not even getting the normal like this Duke team just looks like they're struggling and there's so many times where I've watched a Kansas game or a Kentucky game or a Duke game where commentators are like all they got to do they could still turn it around and I'm like why are we making excuses Mm -hmm. like any other team you would be like they are bad they are not playing well like there's just a lot of this like trying to figure and it's a new world for everybody right like you're just (laughs) trying to figure out what to make of it and how to get through these things you know Dickie Dickie V and like I don't I'm not here to like just jump all over Dickie V and tell him all you know people in the reply to me all the time it's like he should have retired I'm like let him do what he wants like he's having a great time he's doing his Pepto-Bismol ads like whatever he wants like but he was like oh this is because they don't have fans 
And I was like, mm, that's not. No, that's not it. That's that's not. That, <laughs> having people in Cameron does not make this Duke team shoot better. <laughs> like, yeah. like there is something to be said for in a close game fans can push you over the edge but these teams are not these kansases and kentuckys of the world are not bad because they don't have fans like yeah no it's it's defense i mean yeah yeah. and i guess you could you could argue you know the fans rattle you when you're playing in camera and so the defense plays better i don't know but there is a there is something to be said about the uh attitude going into an arena like rup or cameron where that already creates this environment of being intimidated right and now that is out the window you are just every other team in an empty you know like (laughs) we joked about like bc is gonna feel right at home there aren't (laughs) a lot of acc dudes who are really getting rattled playing yeah i I think it's i think it's fun to build into and you get the energy and yeah you're gonna say like yeah duke has great fans and great home energy and all that good stuff i don't think it impacts particularly conference teams coming in um that much but and not the not the really good. i've never played there so yeah I, not know. the really not the really good ones yeah, i mean like it didn't impact because, ty jerome so. right because <laughs> t- like in we i joked with um the daily progress uh bennett conlon yesterday because trey murphy said after the game that he loves and he hasn't had a real home game experience right right, right. he loves playing on the road and i was joking i was like who's gonna write the story that trey murphy hates playing at virginia like whatever like joking about like how is this gonna get turned into I, like no, I, I got you yeah, yeah. and but he's like i I love getting yelled at like in some in in Kyle guy was the same Kyle guy when he went after yeah, that Duke yeah. game was like I wish I still had the man bun like know, that would have been great he like, wants people to talk trash yeah <laughs> so, he's yeah. like please yell airball at me one more yeah. time like he's well, and so it is like you're right like it, there is some sort of like there's this magic and mystery around some of these places but at the same time like the big names the big players that are going to make plays thrive off of that kind of stuff like the, I mean, the Virginia Revenge Tour after UMBC, where they're just like, mm, yes, please make your posters. Like, you know, wear your yeah. UMBC jerseys, Carolina. Like, I'm just going to hit yeah. a four-point play to put this game it away. It seems then like so long ago. I was just thinking they played Maryland. And I was, if you had asked me when was the last time they played Maryland, I would have thought of that, but I would have thought that was eight years ago. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it was Thanks, just a COVID little while ago. for yeah. making this past year feel like 11 years. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I mean, we'll, we'll be back to, to talk a little bit more before uh, the Duke game about the Duke game. But, uh, I, you know, I do want to say, Henry Coleman, you look like such a nice guy. I, I wish so you were much. on our team. The person in the comments, uh, though, Eagle that replied team. that replied to him, me and his mother and said UVA something. Alone. Yeah, who's the loveliest woman alive. Um she, it was just her, like someone replied and it was basically like nah he went to duke he can like f off and i was like okay <laughs> maybe you have that opinion but do you need to reply to a stranger and that person's mom <laughs> yeah no that's poor that seems poor and i guarantee the person uh, yeah i heard yeah 3.8 minutes so um, bums me out i mean there's sort of like you know he plays that bigger wing forward position and and yeah. there's sort of a team much like fsu that the, that's sort of the whole team even the guys yeah. who are the, the whole, the whole so, team is made of the black box yeah. <laughs> anyhow we'll, we'll, um, the who's uh take care of business uh in, in these games because they will be in like we said really strong uh 
standing uh, in the conference. With, yep. you know, it seems like every week we're like, all they got to do, get through these next couple, and then we know. Well, definitely if they get through <laughs> FSU and UNC, yeah. then we know. Then we'll definitely um, know. That basically, that the conference runs through the Commonwealth, uh, you know, yeah. with the, the Hokies and the Hoos, which is a fun place to be, not, not the – uh, any of us are rooting for Virginia Tech. I know, I know it's a common thing. Sometimes who's fans are like, no, I like it when Tech's good. I want it to be good. I don't believe you, um, but there's nothing we could do about it. <laughs> I would like and to point out I that Hunter Couture stepped out of bounds. I'm just going to throw that out there. He stepped out of bounds before hitting that shot. If you're hoping for the, the Hokies basketball program um, to take uh, a downturn, it, uh, I am skeptical uh, with, with Coach Young that that's going to happen. So... Yeah. All we can do is yeah. embrace. Can uh, somebody hire him away, like the, ASAP? Well, you know that absolutely could happen. Uh, is, Fingers is, crossed. I think, I think what you would hear from Virginia Tech fans is like that. Those things come up because yeah. they, you know, the, for all their football dominance over Virginia, which we, we see now amounts to being worthless <laughs> other than <laughs> whites. Um, yeah oh you beat uva every year well that doesn't matter um <laughs> the U, uva has shown an ability to keep coaches that, that virginia tech so far is not so yeah uh, that um, a common conversation i think in the in the next coming years if mike young keeps having a success there which we should anticipate yeah uh, real quick coach. shout out to the lacrosse team one and oh up to number fun, three yeah, not a fun start to a game but a fun yeah game to it, watch but also ball. that's one of those like understandable with the this yeah. is, again with the rust and the not playing and the you know all new guys well it's not, eh, some new guys but really comforting to see the way that connor schellenberger guys buckle up that kid's gonna be <laughs> my dad i was talking to my dad and he was saying like he was like remember when we watched like the first couple games like steel stanwick and like you could just tell this yeah, kid was yeah, going to yeah. be good yeah, and, and it's like he's like he, he's that but a grown-ass yeah. man he's huge <laughs> he like, it's just and i was like yeah that's like and i was like it's a perfect oh, so the transfer i haven't lived oh my god charlie living, bertrand yeah. yeah he he i you know i immediately you know you follow it you know the recruiting class coming in i'm sure i saw the transfer news what it was but you know i'm tuning tuning on the who's lacrosse for the first time in, in a long time and just going to who the hell is this kid? six five <laughs> like 210 or something like yeah. that and then you throw in peyton cormier six goals yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. his shooting is just and that's like they did they scored 20 goals and I don't think they got anything from Laviano. Moore didn't play. He no, was unavailable. No, I didn't feel like they said Laviano's name the yeah. whole time. Yeah. And then um, they've been easing Docs back into yeah. things after he twisted his ankle, but he's also like coming back from this like little football stint that he went on at Villanova, yeah. where they said he's more in football. Like <laughs> Coach Tiffany was like, we got to get him running like diagonal again. He's like <laughs> been running straight lines for football. <laughs> Um, so that's like, and this is just, you know, the defense returns a bunch of guys, they've got road back and cage. Like, so it'll be, the ACC is going to be brutal, absolutely brutal. Like you, there's a legitimate chance based on seeding that you could see four ACC teams in the final four. If the bracket works out that way, they're that good. And so I know it sounds so looks really good. Oh my God. They looked amazing. The best team in the country, allegedly, but even if they're, they're so they'll do the Duke thing where they're like, where they lose a couple games or look crummy early and, and everyone's be, like, well, what about Duke? I don't know. <laughs> they might be having some problems. And then all of a sudden they win the national championship. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, Oh, never mind. Um, but yeah, it'll be fun. Duke, they play army. Fun. Um, 
yeah they play army on saturday at noon and then obviously um another basketball game saturday night another big who's what day. is the deal with attending those games uh for, for lax still i think it's still just friends and family gotcha it just um, it seemed like there were enough people that they may have been like yeah we'll sell 100 tickets just promise not to sit on the hill any near yeah just don't like sit that. near I, I think i think they mentioned that they were going to have to do similar to uh football when they had fans you know the ones that were allowed at football mm-hmm. they basically put seat backs out right. that be- were that's where you can sit i think right. that's what we'd likely see um in a fan capacity at clockner but um it's just kind of a well right now it's way too cold was a snow on saturday like listen no. i've been to too many february uva yes. lacrosse games where i couldn't feel my appendages yeah <laughs> the only place remember. the only place that's colder than the press box at clockner was that military bowl <laughs> <laughs> yeah. skip that one yeah <laughs> um, that was i think my feet just regained no. feeling from that game so <laughs> <laughs> all right well Stay tuned to the blog for sure for, uh, you know, both who's and, and lacrosse chat. But uh, like we said, uh, Carolina on Saturday and uh, FSU on Mondays are the, the big games for, for the men's basketball team. And, uh, you know, until then, uh, we'll catch you next week. Uh, I'm Pierce for Carolina. Everybody else is streaking along. Go who's. <laughs> <laughs>